How do you fall like a superhero? Do superheroes even fall? Of course, they just always find a way to get back up. This is the How to Fall Like a Superhero podcast, where we talk mindset. Did curiosity kill the fear? Have you ever heard the saying, curiosity kill the cat? It's an expression, which basically means mind your own business. Because no one likes a snoop, right? But I'd like to make the case in favor of curiosity. Not the nosy kind, but the kind where you have a strong desire for more knowledge and a greater level of understanding. And ultimately, confidence, which is the opposite of fear, right? In this episode, I'd like to tell you the story of a boy whose life suddenly went dark. He was scared and he felt stuck. Fortunately, these feelings didn't last too long. He harnessed the power of curiosity and eventually started to play again. He started to explore again. He learned how to thrive. This is the story of Brian Bushway. As a young person, I was pretty adventurous. I enjoyed going to the mountains and exploring gold mines. I enjoyed stream fishing with my dad. And I was always interested in exploring. And I just liked being outside. my, My favorite childhood activity was building forts. How could you take whatever items were around us and create a new thing from what was around. And so fort building was a huge pastime when I was a young kid going and exploring and then even getting off the trail and just, all right, here's the trail, but I wonder what's over that rock. And then you go discover it and, whoa, there's a rattle. And then you learn like, oh my gosh, there's things hidden behind other objects. And so it was like, cool. Like I'd have great, fun childhood riding bikes skateboarding rollerblading growing up in suburbia we lived on the the foothills of orange county so we were able to ride and just you know explore and and be out in the woods in this sort of undeveloped area and it was really cool we had a lot of a lot of like freedom like most kids brian left grade seven Full of excitement, he was going to have a summer of fun. Lots of outdoor activities, anything to, quote-unquote, keep up with the gang. What he didn't expect was that his life was about to change. Right before grade 8, he lost his sight completely. The freedom that he mentioned was now gone. From the end of 7th grade to the beginning of 8th grade, I pretty much went from being fully functioned or using functional vision to then having no light perception. So it was a summer vacation. I essentially went from living life one way to then having to discover a new way of thinking and adopting new mindsets and having to learn. I was stuck. I was trapped inside a room because it it happened drastically. Like one day I had just enough light perception to fake it 
till I make it. And then the next day it was just drastically. It's like, well, I can't, I can't go to school. So my reaction was everything just stalled and it was, I just didn't know what to do. And I didn't really have any examples. I didn't really know about much. And so I sort of sat there and my reaction was for a while, it was just like, what, what, what's going on? You know, so I was in this state of unknowingness. It lasted actually pretty, it was a short while of living in this unknowing what to do. It, but, but it threw me into an identity crisis right away. Because one day everyone saw me as a person who's functionally with light perception. And now the next day I had this new label. And that was a label that people sort of put on me. And it helps explain the situation. Yeah, he's going to, Brian's now going to process information differently from others. But I still felt like the same person. I still was the same person. I still had a lot of the same dreams and desires, but now I was labeled blind, which when I mean labeled blind, that has a lot of social implications, but it also has a lot of just, you know, practical, oh, you're not going to be able to reprint anymore. So there's some practicality, but there's a lot of social implications that come with that. And that was the thing that, disrupt my life the most and it threw me into an identity crisis as a young person and as a young as a young 14 year old as we all come of age at that time i would just had to comprehend a lot of bigger life questions what does it mean to be a whole person what followed was a period of frustration learning to deal with physical obstacles and questions about his future the only thing he knew for certain was he had to move forward. Yeah, I went through the period of why did this happen to me? And the only real thing I land with is, wow, human beings, we're like, we're not perfect. The, the body at some point is going to be an obstacle in life. And that's just part of it. It's not special. It wasn't anything that it's just like, oh, wow, my optic nerve just happened to deteriorate as it did there's plenty of other people who have way more complicated aspects of their lives hardships emotional trauma psychological trauma social isolation trauma it just sort of happened because we're humans and we're not built perfect and that's the why and then the result is is like what do we do with that and so i just decided to want to go live I talk a lot now, but when I was 14 back in school, I communicated in grunts and hums, one word answers. I was pretty, I was pretty closed off. I was, I was pretty uncomfortable going back into school. And and part of it was, is like, I felt uncomfortable. And then the social situation around me was really uncomfortable. They didn't know what to do because everyone's like, looking for leadership of, of, of how to navigate. Oh, we have a visually impaired person here with a cane. What do we, do we act differently? Do we act the same? What do we do? There's these question marks of socially how to interact. And I became pretty comfortable soon going, all right, like I'm going to just try to learn in a new way. 
because I didn't have, because it was boring sitting in the house. There was no life there. Nothing was going to change if I just stayed at home. So in a rational way, it was like, well, at least trying is better because I got nothing to lose. My life is stopped. I'm stuck. I'm in a prison in a house. Brian was willing to try, to learn, and to take on the challenge of becoming self-sufficient. He went back to school and started to learn new skills. Along the way, however, he realized that not everyone around him had an equally open mind. And for that reason, he had to convince them. In the early days, there was a lot of pressure. Oh, you're blind. Sit down. You're going to get hurt. As I was trying to learn new skills and figure out ways to serve the people around me. But the larger message was, oh, just stay down, just stay down, because nobody really knows. How are you going to move if you can't see? And early on, there was a lot of just like, stay down, stay down. But then as I started trying, people were like, oh, yeah, well, you can't live like this the rest of his life, not doing anything for himself. So I had a lot of good, my family and close friends and community had a good attitude to say, all right, you're still responsible. They had high expectations for me. My family and friends had high expectations for me that I was going to learn and going to try because they knew that that would be the best thing for me in the end. And I wanted to learn. I wanted to go play. Like I was 14. I was, I was a year blind and I already put rollerblades on with a cane and was jumping on grinding rails. I was already out there putting doorbells on basketball hoops and pushing the button to hear the sound, to localize it, to then shoot the basketball into the hoop. Swoosh! Because I had a bell in the net and then when the ball passed, the bell would ring when I knew I made a basket. So I was very early on ready to try. I just wanted to go play. I wanted to have fun. And I just wanted to go live. I didn't want to be stuck inside. That came with it. I didn't know, I, I didn't know how to do anything. I didn't know how to tie my shoes. I had to learn how to tie my shoes again. I didn't know how to navigate my school hallways. I didn't learn how to navigate my school hallways. I had to learn how to learn how to process information. I used to read textbooks. Now I couldn't read textbooks. So now I had to listen to audio. And then when I started listening to the audio, it was really slow. And then I started training my brain to listen to audio speech processing faster and faster and faster and faster and faster. Because we can change our mind. We can change our brain. And that's what, what I was in this stage was I was really discovering and living this concept of neuroplasticity. Neuroplasticity, the neurons in our brains. Plasticity, like plastic. And it's a scientific concept that our brains are just more adaptable and flexible than we ever thought. And that's when we all say, if you lose one sense, the other senses get stronger. When you lose one sense, the other sense gets stronger. And when the other sense gets stronger, do you become more like a superhero? Yeah, when the other when you lose when the other sense gets stronger, you become kind of like a superhero because you're focusing on different things that the average person doesn't consider. 
Did you think that was inspiring? Wait till you hear how Brian became known as the world's best blind mountain biker. How is that even possible? Does he have superhuman powers? Listen to part two of Fear vs. Curiosity next Monday to find out. Thanks for listening. Visit us at www.fallikeasuperhero.com.